You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Barbie Bob competed in swimming and track and field at the international level in the 1980s and graduated from the University of Illinois in 1982. She was president of their disabled sports organization and a Paralympic athlete. Barbie has been a disabled athlete most of her life and has shared her time and talents endlessly, encouraging those with disabilities to participate as well. She was one of the founding members of Three Rivers Adaptive Sports in 1989 and was recently inducted into the Adaptive Sports Hall of Fame for her contributions. Let's chat with her. So, Barbie, I know that sports have been a part of your life for pretty much, you know, from the beginning or from early on. So um, maybe tell me how, like, what kind of sports you played growing up. And and I know that you were on a competitive track uh, even uh, even at an early age. Uh, yes. Well, luckily, my, my parents were really active and I had two older sisters um, and we do did a lot of activities as a family. So uh, one of the things we did that at the time was pretty unique is uh, we snow skied in the winter. So I actually was on skis at four years old, which is common nowadays. Mm-hmm. But in the 60s, that was pretty novel. Uh, but her dad came from Norway and uh, she had access to skis when she was young and she wanted her kids to have the same opportunity. My dad knew nothing about skiing, but we did it as a family and all learned as we went. Um, so we were snow skiers, but we also had a uh, cottage that my grandfather built at Conneaut Lake in Pennsylvania. And uh, we had access to a boat, a family boat, and I learned to water ski. Now, I waited till I was about six to do that. Um, <laughs> but we had a great neighborhood. A lot of people back, back then, uh, I think, counted on their community. We didn't have as many organized sports as they do now. Um, but I was real active in my school, you know, and, uh, did a lot of things. Uh, in fact, kind of humorous is they had, even back then the president's physical fitness award and the two years it was available fifth and sixth grade. Um, I won both little patches. So I was just very passionate. I, you know, luckily had the opportunities cause I had a lot of energy as a child. Uh, but my family in particular, uh, took to the skiing really well. And so we went every weekend and um, I started to race competitively in snow skiing. So I did that probably, I think from about 10 or 11 until the onset of my injury at 14. And uh, I was able to do pretty well. And the one year I won the Governor's Cup and went to uh, Easterns, which is, you know, competition in the Eastern United States. And actually held my own, which most skiers from Pennsylvania don't do. Uh, <laughs> but at the onset of my disability, it was, you know, 1974. Uh, the wheelchairs were really, I don't know, 50, 65 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and wheelchair sports was out there, but I knew nothing about it. So uh, fortunately, uh, my family didn't want me to go to a special school or anything. I went back to my high school after my spinal cord injury, um, but still wasn't involved in sports because it wasn't involved, you know, wasn't available. 
in fact, they waived my PE, you know, uh, requirement for my high school education. <laughs> Which, yeah. yeah, I mean, what were they going to do with me? I was a quadriplegic. Um, but they did have recreation therapy. Unfortunately, back then, it really was just like playing bingo when you were in rehab. Um, anyway, to move along, I graduated from uh, high school, but took a year to learn how to drive. And I went back to the rehab, the same rehab, which was at the time Harmerville Rehabilitation Center. And when I went back, it was a whole new world that was open to me. They had a recreation therapy department. Uh, the young girls that were working there introduced me to wheelchair sports. And fortunately, I met the gentleman uh, that was spinal cord injury shortly before me, um, John Sakura. Um, and he has uh, excelled in wheelchair basketball and formed a wheelchair basketball team in Pittsburgh. And then eventually, as well, a uh, track and field um, mm -hmm. team. So he introduced me to it. Um, the rec therapist encouraged me. Um, the rehab was very long hallway, and I would run up and down it and uh, try and get faster. But I did go to my uh, first regional games, I guess that would have been 1977. Anyway, I had to find a college to go to. So I researched it and went to the University of Illinois, which opened up so many uh, opportunities to me. And uh, I did learn how to drive. But at Illinois, I competed in uh, wheelchair basketball on the women's team. I wasn't very good, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but my passion really was swimming because I liked the water before. Uh, and after my accident, my uh, uncle had a pool, put me in, and it, I don't know, it was a whole new freedom for me. So um, that's what I competed in internationally. And I did do track as well, uh, but I would, didn't really excel in track. Um, but I had a lot of good mentors there, and that's probably why I do what I do today, uh, because the University of Illinois was known for wheelchair sports. So I really sought that out. Uh, way back in 1977, so that I could uh, pursue, I don't know, my passion for sports and recreation. And you said you did some research. How how did you research and how did you discover the University of Illinois? Because I know that not only back then, but still today, they are a preeminent school for adaptive sports. Uh, well, that's a good question. And I believe it was the vocational counselor I had at the time. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to go to college. I wanted to learn how to be independent. And that was why I went to uh, the rehab uh, after graduating high school, because my mom had done my personal care. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't know if I could do it myself. Um, but ultimately, I did learn to do that. And as we start looking at colleges, um, I think we got a hard uh, pack, packet back then, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, of information and their publication, which was called Sigma Signs, was in there. And I saw all these people excelling in, in wheelchair sports. And that really it went back to World War II when they had these veterans and uh, developed a program. So mm -hmm. that was like, oh, wow, that's great. And we did a visit out there and the land was flat, which Pittsburgh wasn't. Uh, yeah, so I just fell in love. It was great. <laughs> And I know that um, when we had a chance to connect uh, a week or so ago, um, you told me that you played with some 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 well-known names that are still in the adaptive sports space. So who who were some of the your colleagues and fellow uh, players at that time when you were at school? Oh yes, well uh, Sharon Ron at the time, who's Sharon Ron Hedrick, uh, was captain of a basketball team. 
um, and really an awesome track athlete. And uh, also Ann Cody was there. Um, you know, it was a golden time in uh, what we called wheelchair sports, not adaptive sports, um, because there was a real effort, um, you know, pushing forward to make ourselves visible. And um, so the coaches as well, Marty Morris was there. And uh, I don't know if you know Ron Malik and mm -hmm. Brad Hedrick. Uh, so anyway, you know, I'd had coaches growing up and I admired them. And here I was going to, you know, college, going to university. And um, I had the same kind of, uh, you know, outstanding people to teach me how to be better, how to exercise, how to work on your stroke mechanics. Um, so it, it was wonderful. I, I loved it. Um, but when I graduated, uh, I really didn't want to live there. My family, you know, like I said, we were pretty close. Mm -hmm. So I got my master's there. Um, so I was there six years, got my undergrad and my master's, and I moved on, came home to Pittsburgh. And I know you got your master's in marketing, right? What was your undergrad in? Uh, business administration. Okay. So, yes. So I have a BS and an MBA. Okay. Um, but I was always been outgoing. And uh, so, you know, it seemed like a good thing. Marketing is kind of sales. Everyone sells themselves anyway, if you ask me. So. Mm -hmm. Um, but I joined the Pittsburgh Steel Wheelers when I came back and continue, <clears throat> continue to um, pursue wheelchair sports. But it was hard. You know, you had to get a job and the training facilities weren't right there that, like they were in Illinois. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you really had to manage your time well. Um, I didn't have as many opportunities to have coaches there. Um, it was really hard. So. Uh, I think I competed for two, three years, and uh, luckily, that's about the time where I learned about more adaptive sports that were being developed. Um, they started with the uh, sit skis, and yeah. uh, the, once again, uh, Harmerville, which uh, at the time had a health sports organization um, that did sports with the community, um, offered a snow ski program, and that was right up my alley, so I tried it out. And where was that home ski mountain? Oh, uh, well, that was Hidden Valley. In okay. Um, I actually skied on the mountain. They're pretty much owned by the same people now, but Seven Springs. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now, the equipment then was pretty rudimentary compared to nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but but I liked it. And I liked being back on the hill. And uh, I knew it was cold. I was used to all that. So it was a lot of fun. Um, but having opportunities to drive a boat in my small summer sports, um, there, there wasn't that yet. So, uh, anyway, what kind of came naturally was, um, they had an organization that they wanted to start this, uh, sports recreation, um, organization. And they said, we need 12 board members. And I said, well, what's it all about? And they're like, well, we're going to name it Three Rivers Adaptive Sports, and we'd like to have boards, a board that is diverse with, you know, some wheelchair athletes, people with disabilities of various, you know, backgrounds, and um, as well as maybe therapists. So there was a, a mix of people on the original board, and that was 1989. Hmm. So we formed Disabled Sports and back, or uh, Three Rivers. 
adaptive sports. And back then, I think it was called just Disabled Sports USA. Or, yeah, right. Right, exactly. <laughs> we've, got, we've gone through a couple couple name transitions. So, so 80, 89 was when Three Rivers, I call it Trass. So any listeners out there, if I say Trass, that means Three Rivers Adaptive Sports. But um, that's, so 89 was when, when Three Rivers Adaptive Sports was founded. Yes. Yeah, so um, initially we only had the snow skiing, but we also had to get our name out there. So we did a lot of know, marketing ourselves. Uh, for instance, they had a uh, in uh, at the Triangle in Pittsburgh. They had a anything that floats float. Okay, and so a group of people got together and made costumes and <laughs> made a float and just to get Three Rivers Adaptive Sports name out in the community and on the news, um, trying to be visible. Um, we did things like hay rides. So a lot of them were more social. But it was a way to accumulate uh, a number of people to have fun together, you know, whether they had a disability or not. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, obviously, being an avid skier when you were growing up and then trying sit skiing. Was there, for you, what was the difference like? Was it, you know, just natural? Were you able to pick up sit skiing naturally because you were already a, a big skier when you were growing up? Or was it a different learning curve and process? Uh, well. Yes, of course, a learning curve, because I couldn't envision it until we did it. But uh, Mm -hmm. I think it helped a lot that I knew what, like, the fall lines were, you know, how to pick up speed. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually met my husband, Tom Manspin, at one of the events, and they gave him, and it was really the onset of the bi-ski that made me love it more, um, Mm -hmm. which came a couple of years after the uh, sit-ski. Mm-hmm. And so when I tried the buy ski, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can pick up speed on this. So anyway, uh, he had been just someone that was uh, at the rehab uh, helping out an individual and saw a notice that said free lift tickets, you know, come volunteer. So he had skied as uh, a teenager and he thought, well, you know, I'm 20 something. I got time. I'll go volunteer for this group. Um, so the first person he got set up to help ski was me. Okay. Well, he skied all the way down and I was on tethers and everything. And they're like, wait, you didn't show us how you could stop her. He's like, I couldn't stop her. She was having too much fun. So, uh, and that was true. So once I had the experience of the bi ski, I I really, it was a lot of fun. I don't know if it answers your question, but just getting back out there was just invigorating. And the other question now, I kind of want to go back into to, to something else that you said, Barbara or Barbie, um, is um, uh, the uh, how, how from like 1977 to 1989, where did competition for you fit in the mix? Because obviously you went and represented the United States uh, at an international competition. Uh, yes, uh, I was lucky to make the well, they didn't call it the Paralympics back then. Um, in 1980, uh, I believe Russia hosted the able, you know, able body games. Um, and Russia said they didn't have any people with disabilities. How were they going to host the games? Um, so I guess there was a number of bids probably to get that venue. And, uh, it was in what's called the Netherlands now, but it was Arnhem Holland. Um, so, uh, I was competing and swimming at the time and doing pretty well. Uh, but I really didn't think I was that good to be able to make a, you know, international team. Uh, but I did. 
So I was selected to represent the United States in 1980 at Arnhem. And uh, we had a wonderful time. So uh, that happened. And uh, I don't know, I just never didn't want to be active. In 1982, I also made the International Games, which was in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, so, you know, having that experience behind me, um, I, I just kind of knew competition and recreation were going to be part of my life. Um, mm. So uh, with the Steel Wheelers, I was still doing stuff recreationally, um, but they also formed a uh, wheelchair rugby team. I had played it initially at the University of Illinois when it was called Murder Ball. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I did play wheelchair rugby for a number of years, made a couple all-tournament, second all-tournament uh, teams, but uh, didn't go much further. But we had a great time, and uh, regionally we held our own. Yeah. And I know that obviously because of your background, you played both individual sports you know, like swimming and, and team sports. Did you have a preference? Did you like the team aspect or did you like be able to get out there and just compete on your own and see what you personally could do? Uh, to be honest, I like the team aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, counting on your partner. When we played rugby, um, I was all, already pretty versed in picking, you know, because I played on the women's wheelchair basketball team in mm -hmm. Illinois. So, um, and a lot of the, you know, wheelchair uh, mechanics, everything, all the way you play rugby is, is very much the same way. It might be a different ball, there's different rules, mm -hmm. but ultimately um, the wheelchair skills are, are very similar. Um, but I liked encouraging and all that camaraderie that came with rugby. That was what I enjoyed is uh, no one, I could pass the ball to someone with a higher disability that was maybe not as strong, but also someone that was very strong and could handle the ball really well. Um, but you had to figure that all out to be a team. And uh, it was a lot of brain work. So I, I loved that mental part of it. Uh, it was stimulating. So teams would be my answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's just so much, you know, you build social and communication and leadership all within, you know, particularly team sports, I think allows that sometimes more than individual sports might. Yes, it does. Um, the other thing is, is team building, you know, always trying to, you know, convince or cultivate uh, younger athletes to participate. So that had been done for me, obviously, and I wanted to do that for other people. So um, that's the fun thing about teams is it's like, hey, you know what? I, I know about this person that just had a spinal cord injury or, um, you know, any kind of disability at all, let's, let's invite them along and, you know, I'll pick them up and, you know, anything you can do to get people out there. Um, and then you see the light bulb go off for them and it's like, Oh, that's so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the light bulb because sports means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What does sports mean to you I and mean, what, or the opportunity to participate in and play the sports and be active? What does that mean to you? Oh, wow. Well, well I don't know. It, first of all, it makes me feel good. Um, I think what I enjoyed even as a child is what I still enjoy today. It's just, you know, just the cardiovascular pump that you get from it. Um, just that is something I've, I've always liked. Uh, and, and I was afraid I was never going to have that again when I was injured. So mm -hmm. um, once I saw I could get that back, I wasn't giving up on it. So, you know, just to feel healthy and active, um, it's 
it's something that, you know, I, I can't explain to other people, but uh, many of us have, and, and I always will stay as active as I can be. There's going to be obstacles. Your life's going to change. Um, you know, I don't snow ski anymore. It's too hard on my shoulders. Um, but I do other things, and I cycle, and, you know, anything that you can do to get out there. Uh, kayaking is really special to me because you can be on the water, you know, right there participating, getting the exercise. Um, and speaking with other people, it's fun. Yeah. And, um, you obviously were inducted into the adaptive sports hall of fame on the competitor side, but you've equally could be on the contributor side. Um, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about the competitive side of you and, and the opportunity to compete. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know you mentioned that the games weren't called the Paralympics back then, but what was it like representing the United States at an, at an international level and in an international competition? Oh, wow. Well, a little bit intimidating, I would say. Uh, you know, it's one thing to go to the national games a couple of times and see all the various teams from, you know, uh, the states, you know, they're representing. But when you're on an uh, uh, international team representing the United States, you know, you're dressed the same. Uh, you make these friendships that last forever. Um, but you want to win. I mean, you know, you're encouraging every athlete that's there. So what was fun for me is um, our swimming events were done pretty early at the games. But I, by then, I knew so many people from going to national games um, that I attended a lot of their sports to, you know, cheer your fellow uh, athletes along. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I, I'm not sure why they picked me, but I was picked captain of that year. So that was an honor as well, just getting to be with these special people that were the top athletes in the United States. It's a great opportunity. Well, obviously you're, you're very humble. I mean, there's a reason why you were picked captain. <laughs> it's one, some reason that why you were picked captain. And then I know you said that you, you know, were surprised that you even made the team, but um, you not only made the team, but you did pretty well. Uh, yes, I did pretty well. Uh, you know, the inter in international games back then, and I think they've done a better job of it now. It was different because the classification system was different. Mm -hmm. um, so it was hard. I actually thought I would have done a little bit better. Um, but, you know, you were out there competing with people from other countries who might not be someone with a spinal cord injury. Um, there were very, many good athletes that were, you know, they had had polio. So their disability was way different than my disability. And yet they were, you know, classed with me. So I think I was shocked initially that there was such diverse people. And yet the, you know, the actual competition was so close, you know. So um, they were doing a good job. But I, I'm pretty sure the classification, classification system now is much better, uh, you know, to make it more equitable. Uh, there weren't that many classes. Now there's I look at the you know, sports and spokes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what, you know, what these last athletes, you know, classifications are. So, um, but I'm, I'm glad it's just gone strong. We were really trying to push back then to make it visible. And uh, now that's happened. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really neat to see how far it's come. We still got a little bit more ways and work to go, but uh, it's come a long way and you were part of that, part of that. But um, what, what, remind me what medal you got uh, at the games? 
I got a gold actually for our track uh, four by uh, one hundred. Oh, yeah. awesome! So, yeah, and that was nice because I did compete in track in the U.S. Um, didn't do half bad, but uh, it was a team of four girls, and uh, we pulled it off. And it was hard work, but uh, we got the gold. So that was really nice to be able to do that. Uh, and you know what? I'd, I'd have to look at their frame now, but I believe the uh, bronze I have is in breaststroke. So I was going to, I was going to ask. Yeah. I think it was, was only gonna... two. Wait, I came in fourth a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, that's, that's where I was leading it. I was going to ask which, which stroke or which um, stroke did you specialize in or where you were good in. So <laughs> Well, you know, to be honest, I really like the butterfly uh-huh. um, because it, it was it was hard. I would go almost the whole 25 meters without breathing, you know, um, but I, the stroke mechanics were pretty good. Unfortunately, I'm not a real good floater in the pool. Um, I don't have a lot of, you know, body fat or anything. My legs were skinny by then. And uh, but that was my favorite event. Unfortunately, I did not medal in the. Uh, butterfly and and then kind of switching back to the contribution side i know that you weren't able to join us uh to get your award in person so we were able to present it to you um in pittsburgh but you were you were busy um doing a big camp and i want i want to at least talk about that camp because it's been 33 years in the making and and uh, you've been a big part of it uh from the beginning so talk about the the summer water adaptive water program that you have uh, sure. So shortly after we formed TRAS, um, we were doing a winter program and uh, a couple of individuals inquired about water skiing. I didn't know they had skis yet. Um, and I said, well, I have a boat, uh, my family boat. We can try it out. And actually, we don't even count the first year because I'm not sure we were doing a real good job back then. Um, and really, it was only two or three of my friends that uh, came and my husband drove the boat. Uh, there was a gentleman um, paraplegic in the, you know, that was a watcher and uh, no jet skis behind us, nothing. We didn't know what we were doing, but we did it. And uh, the next year, actually, uh, a lot of our TRAS board members went down to Georgia to get some instruction on how to, you know, teach water skiing, adaptive water wow. skiing. So, um, so we purchased a couple of skis and, uh, uh, just tried it out. Um, and eventually that evolved into the clinic that we have now. The first year, I believe there was five skiers. And honestly, I had to, I don't know, pull favors to get them to come. Um, <laughs> just because no one can conceptualize what it looked like back then. Right. That's half so, the bat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't, you know, available to look at and see. Um, but we all had a blast. And my family were... Uh, like we should do this for some other people um, because it just was that much fun. Um, and they had seen how rewarding it was for me personally. And uh, so we founded the summer clinic. It's four days long. We do it during the week. The weekends on our lake are way too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not real safe to do it on the weekend. Um, but now here we are 33 later, years later. Um, but what was lucky for me and not lucky, um, I should say, uh, fortunate for me, um, was that I already had ties to uh, the community here. I knew the marinas here. 
I knew uh, the water ski team that was here. Um, so those people combined to make the water ski happen. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we got sponsors from, you know, the local rehabs. Um, so that's where my marketing degree came in. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, I ended up selling medical um, supplies. So, of course, I got sponsors to sponsor the lunches and the dinner. And I continue to do all that still today. But uh, we skied 50 people this year. Um, the pandemic was tough on us, but we did lose some numbers. But now we're back. If we can keep 50, um, that's a good that's a good amount for four days of skiing. So, absolutely, and it's a great uh, uh, growth from five to fifty. You know that you're serving five to fifty now, so that's awesome. Is there anything yeah, else? Pretty... Is there anything else that I've not asked you that you want to share? Um, I guess just that um, for those that can mentor um, other athletes, um, you know, consider an organization like us. Um, you know, steer people towards sports and recreation when you see them. Uh, we had um, a young family come this year, and uh, I had met them in the a mall, local mall, and they knew nothing about adaptive sports. And I gave them my card, and I saw them another time. And I gave them my card again, and it was just for our website. But eventually, uh, this uh, I think he's eight years old um, had some therapy he had to do. And one of our therapists, physical therapists that's on our board, convinced the family to come to our water sports clinic in Manibal. So I would really encourage any people that are involved in sports and recreational to share resources, um, encourage people to come, um, make it happen for them. Um, it's always going to make you feel better and it'll make the whole world feel better. Um, and that's why I still love it here. Is It's hard for me to leave a four day event that I worked half the year for. Um, so, uh, but I would encourage people to pass it on, you know, keep, keep encouraging other athletes to participate in sports and recreation. 